Hello, everyone. This is Mike Lindstedt, president and co-founder of The Nehemiah Project, and you are listening to The Nehemiah Project podcast, where we replace hopelessness with hope. So we are here on episode number 14 for our weekly snippet of encouragement. Of course, I'm joined by Mr. Chad Wiles. Chad, how are you? Doing well. How are you, Mike? I am uh, grateful to be alive full at this current moment because we just had lunch <laughs> and uh, I'm excited to get into another uh, chapter of Proverbs. Proverbs is so practical. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's one of the few parts of the Bible where, I mean, I feel like almost anybody could read it and almost, yeah. you know, not all of them, right? They couldn't get all of them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, certainly there's some that, I mean, even- I mean, it's God's almost, wisdom. It's wisdom yeah. literature. It's good. And, uh, but some of them are so accessible and so just, you know, straightforward. It's, it's encouraging. Um, and mm-hmm. so- Without uh, messing around, let's jump right into this one, okay? Let's do it. So we're going to popcorn read this. So I'll read one, you read one, and then we'll circle back and kind of go over some of the ones that the Lord puts on our heart to go over. Proverbs chapter one, starting, sorry, let me redo that. Proverbs (laughs) chapter 14, starting at verse one. Verse one says, the wisest of women builds her house, but folly with her own hands tears it down. Whoever walks in uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways despises him. By the mouth of a fool comes a rod for his back, but the (laughs) lips of the wise will preserve them. Where there are no oxen, the manager is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. A faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness breathes out lies. A scoffer seeks wisdom in vain, but knowledge is easy for a man of understanding. Leave the presence of a fool, for there you do not meet words of knowledge. The wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. Fools mock at the guilt offering, but the upright enjoy acceptance. The heart knows its own bitterness, and no stranger shares its joy. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Even in laughter the heart may ache, and the end of joy may be grief. The backslider in heart will be filled with the fruit of his ways, and a good man will be filled with the fruit of his ways. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. A man of quick temper acts foolishly, and a man of evil devices is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The evil bow down before the good, the wicked at the gates of the righteous. The poor is disliked even by his neighbor, but the rich has many friends. Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who is generous to the poor. Do they not go astray who devise evil? Those who devise good meet steadfast love and faithfulness. In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. The crown of the wise is their wealth, but the folly of fools brings folly. A truthful witness saves lives, but one who breathes out lies is deceitful. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, that one may turn away from the snares of death. 
In a multitude of people is the glory of a king, but without people a prince is ruined. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. The wicked is overthrown through his evil doing, but the righteous finds refuge in his death. Wisdom rests in the heart of a man of understanding, but it makes itself but it makes itself known even in the midst of fools. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. A servant who deals wisely has the king's favor, but his wrath falls on one who acts shamefully. And that concludes Proverbs chapter 14. So many good ones. So mm -hmm. many good ones there. We definitely see a word over and over again there, and that word is fool. Yeah. I saw that word, I think, the most out of all of those Proverbs and out of, out of all the other words there. Mm. We see a lot of wisdom discussion there, but definitely we see the fools being talked about quite often. One that sticks out to me is 14 verse 12. Oh, yeah. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And we see throughout Scripture this um, theme of pride, where man is wise in his own eyes, or he mm. seeks the pride of life as... First John chapter two talks about, or, or in all these ways, always lead to death. Sin leads to death, and a man who seems right in his own eyes is one who is prideful and who sees himself as God. And the Bible is very clear that when we have other gods before the one true God, Yahweh, it always leads to death. And so, this wisdom uh, scripture or passage here so important for us to pay attention to because oftentimes we go throughout our days making decisions that seems right in our own eyes. And we have logic that we come about by our own means or maybe by the world's ideas of what should be right and what should be wrong, completely ignoring or being ignorant of what the Bible actually says about the subjects that we are making decisions on. Mm -hmm. And so we are either knowingly or sometimes even ignorantly walking into foolishness and death just by being wise in our own eyes and not fearing the Lord and seeking the Lord's counsel on it. Yeah, yeah. There's a way that seems right. Yeah. But its end leads to death. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. We could look around our world right now. There's, there's many things that seem right to a lot of people. Yeah. But it's leading to destruction in our country even mm -hmm. at this point. Well, look at what it says in verse 34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Mm -hmm. You know, we see sin being celebrated in our culture explicitly now. Mm -hmm. And where that wasn't the case when our, when, you know, our parents, you and, you know, Chad and I are in our mid thirties, our parents and their parents growing up, our grandparents, you know, that wasn't the case. You know, uh, Dr. John MacArthur speaks a lot about, you know, the sort of beginning of the degradation of our society, really starting back in the days of the sexual revolution, which really mm -hmm. began in the sixties and seventies, you know, and, then it went on to the homosexual revolution, uh, really in the 90s and 20s, or I call it the 20s, the 90s and the early 2000s. And, and now it's on to the transsexual revolution, right? And it just keeps, you know, progressing uh, towards, you know, what seems like just the, the total destruction of our culture. Um, 
and along with those three things in particular comes a lot of other things that um, are are wrong according to biblical standards and are now being you know celebrated. For instance, in California, my home state, mm-hmm. um, in San Francisco, there. I just heard, I mean, this may not actually be true, but if you're listening to this and you can go look it up for yourself, but I just heard from my parents that San Francisco, the uh, the legislature up there is now passing laws that basically protect thieves, you know, where you can go into stores and steal up to, a, I think it was $1,000 uh, worth of goods and, and not be prosecuted for it. I mean, my goodness, like what, what, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and San Francisco is a beautiful area, but you know, it's also the homosexual capital of Northern California, you mm-hmm. know, San Francisco. And so we see a lot of things occurring where this proverb makes quite clear that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin yeah. is a reproach to any people. You know, the people of America, um, it seems to be that there's a huge division in our, in our culture. And, and, uh, one side would say, you know, they, uh, they stand for certain principles, you know, they might claim that those are biblical principles, but on the other side is the opposite of that, right? Mm-hmm. And so my point is, is that the farther away we get from the word of God and founding the way we live our, lives our, live our lives on the word of God, you know, the closer we get to death, right? Yeah. The way that seems right, you know, oh, it's a good, it's a good thing for a woman to be able to, you know, have a right over her body, right? And, and we're mm-hmm. talking about abortion, right? Or it's mm-hmm. a good thing for someone who feels like they're a female trapped in a man's body or whatever to be able to, you know, be who they really are, quote unquote, mm-hmm. right? That's a good thing, right? Right. It's like, no, it's not. No, it's not, not at all. Um, and unfortunately, um, unfortunately, there's a way that seems right <laughs> to yeah. a man, but in the end leads to death. I'm going to leave it there because I don't want to go down a, a rabbit trail. But- Either way, um, we have to turn to the scriptures to find out how to live. The other point that I Mm. wanted to sort of move on to was there's a lot of discussion in here about money and about giving to those who are needy, right? And um, for instance, in verse 31, whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, which is capital M here in the scriptures. That means God. But he who is generous to the needy honors him. Right. right. Twenty verse twenty one echoes that whoever despises neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who is generous to the poor. Blessed is he who is generous to the poor. And I want to speak from another portion of scripture, um, and talking about money, right, and the love of money mm-hmm. and and the pursuit of wealth, right. This is in First Timothy. Now, if you're listening to this and you're someone who, you know, has has a decent amount of money, let's say you make over a hundred thousand dollars a year, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Over, making over $100,000 a year, if you keep your expenses low, you've got more than enough to live, right? Oh, yeah, plenty. I mean, even if you're making over $60,000 and you've got maybe two kids and you're, and you're managing your household well, you're yeah. well provided for in this, yeah, in this you, country, you right? You can make it happen. You can live a great life. I've been you know? doing that for a long time now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm going to read from 1 Timothy because there's there's very there's some instructions here according to, to Paul that are meant for the, the rich, right? Mm-hmm. And first he addresses the heart, but then he also address, he addresses the fact that like, hey, money in and of itself is not a, an evil thing, right? Um, so I want to read from 1 Timothy chapter, what is this, chapter six. And he's speaking to Timothy, who's, who's the, his protege, you could say. Mm-hmm. And he says this, um, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root 
of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Now, contextually mm-hmm. there, he's talking about ministry leaders, right? He says earlier that they imagine that godliness is a means of gain, right? Yeah. Um, but it goes for just the, the lay people of the church, right? If you're not a pastor or in ministry, it, it, just, just doesn't, it doesn't mean this doesn't apply to you, right? We have to make sure that our hearts are first and foremost in love with God mm-hmm. and seeking God, right? And if we're doing that, then money then is, can be viewed in its proper context, which really money is a means to further the expansion of the kingdom of God, right? right? Ultimately, if we have more than we need, then God requires us to do something with that money Mm -hmm. and do something uh, that would honor him. And so we get instruction from Proverbs, but listen to what what Paul says later on in chapter six of of 1 Timothy. Uh, He says in verse 17, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, which means proud, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. So mm. that means right there contextually that if God has given us more money than we need, it's okay to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But we have to make sure that we are not proud. Oh, look at how much money I have. We're flaunting it, right? Mm-hmm. Nor are we setting our hopes on that money, right? right? Like, oh, th- I've got money and I'm set for life, right? Because in uh, Luke 12, for instance, uh Jesus is telling some stories and, and one of the stories he talks about is a man who had more than he needed. And mm-hmm. he, he says, this man said to himself, what shall I do with all my money? I know what I'll do. I'll build bigger barns. <laughs> I'll tear down my old ones and I'll build bigger ones. Right. And then I'll relax and retire. I'm using today's vernacular. Yeah, yeah. And God's response to that in the story is you fool. Right. You don't even know that tonight your soul will be required of you. Mm. So don't set your hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, Paul says to Timothy, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And he continues on, he says, they, meaning the rich, are to do good mm-hmm. and to be rich in good works, to be generous yeah. and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. So that instructs us on what to do with the excess money that we have, right? Be rich in good works, be generous, do good, and be ready to share, right? Well, who should we share it to? Well, Proverbs instructs us, Maybe some po- maybe people who aren't as for- as fortunate as you are, mm-hmm. right? They say whoever oppresses a poor man results or insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy mm-hmm. honors him. If you want to honor God with your wealth, give. Yeah, give. Because you think about it, it's funny you bring this up because I was just having a this conversation with one of our clients today, and when it comes to the lack of purpose for those who are without God. Mm-hmm. It's why why are the ones who are successful because there's general grace right where God's Bible says that His reign reigns on the crops of the wicked and the righteous right there's general grace in this world and mm-hmm. and you can be successful in this world and not know and love God but how come those people that are successful and wealthy and rich if if they all pulled their resources together could honestly probably end a lot of the depravity in our world from hunger in mm-hmm. places like Africa. I mean, they, 
Bill Gates himself has enough money to put together an army to go build water wells for everybody to have clean water and everything mm-hmm. if he wanted to. Um, or or uh, Jeff Bezos, a trillion dollars. I mean, there's 199 billion dollars in his guys like love. Warren Buffett and all those guys. If they came together, they could they could cancel our nation's debt if they wanted to. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, yeah. it's possible, right? Yeah. I'm not saying they should do that, but right. my point is, there's so many things that could be solved through people thinking outside of themselves. How come? They don't do that. How come they continue to buy more stuff and more yachts and more things, right? It's because there's a void that is trying to be filled by the things of this world that only God himself can fulfill. Contentment will never come outside of the Holy Spirit, no matter how much things that you have that you think are going to make you happy and full and successful. It will not happen. Mm -hmm. The only place we find contentment the only place we find love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control is from the Holy Spirit himself, and that's from God himself. So I think that's why there's such a consistent narrative against the love of wealth throughout all of scriptures because, one, it's trying to build yourself up as God, and it's trying to fulfill yourself in the, only the ways that God can, and it only leads forth to death. The last one I want to point out, just because yeah. I, I think it's be a fun little dialogue, is verse four, where there are no oxen, the manager is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. What oh, do you yeah. think? What do you think that means? Mark? You know, it's funny because I have actually meditated <laughs> on this verse. Yeah, where there's where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, right? Okay, mm-hmm. well, oxen back then to a agricultural society represented mm-hmm. working capital, right? That right. was your those were your tractors, so mm-hmm. to speak, right? But if you want to have something to eat, right, you're gonna have to get some oxes. That's right. what it's saying. You have to deal with some, yeah, deal with some clean uncleanness. It's interesting, you know. It's like I've looked at this and I've tried to figure out, okay, what would this mean to the original recipients, you know? And and basically, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't think of anything else other than, hey, the Bible exalts hard work, right? Mm-hmm. It exalts, you know, not being lazy, especially in Proverbs, right? Right. It talks a lot about, you know, making sure that. You are, um, I mean, even later on in this in this one, it says here, in much toil, right? In mm-hmm. verse 23, in all toil, there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty, right? So right. like, look, if you want to like be a successful farmer, right? In this mm-hmm. agricultural society, yeah, you're going to have to get some oxen and things are going to get dirty a little bit. You're yeah. going to have to do a little bit of work, right? It's going to be work. Now, if you want to look like you have it all together, right? And just mm-hmm. talk about it. Mm-hmm. Sure, you could get yourself a little manger and it'll be nice and yeah. clean and look good, but <laughs> you ain't producing nothing, right? That's right. So work work is hard, work is dirty, it's not glamorous all the time, but you mm-hmm. got to get to work and you got to get it done. That's how that's how 100%. I've seen this one. <laughs> I th- I think that's exactly right on it. I think it's good for our culture especially to hear this cuz so many people want the rewards and results that only hard work brings, but they don't want to put in the effort that it takes and to put themselves out there and to get a little bit dirty. Yep. And so, yeah, yeah. with with uh Toil and labor and hard work yeah. comes. You, you get know, profit. Profit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you think about it from an investing perspective, it's the same way. You know, we see it so mm-hmm. many people, some of the guys that come into our program now, they're mm-hmm. on Robinhood, you know, which is yeah. an investing app and, and they're investing in all the hot memes topics and, and right. stocks and things like that. And that's not investing, right? That's just talking about being an investor. That's gambling, right? If you want to be an investor, which, you know, I don't claim to be like this, you know, savvy investor or anything, but I like the topic. 
But I think it illustrates our point that we're getting across here is that there's hard work that goes into learning about how to be an investor. And so if you want to act like an investor, sure, download Robinhood, buy uh, Dogecoin or you know, yeah. buy AMC or buy some of these little meme stocks and, and you can talk like you're an investor. But you know, if you want to be a real investor, you got to do the hard toil, the hard mm-hmm. work. You got to understand mm-hmm. what you're doing. And uh, it's not always going to be clean. <laughs> That's right. We're going to get a little dirty. So thank you guys out and girls out there for listening to another weekly snippet of encouragement. We hope that this message finds you well. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast. For more resources about addiction recovery, suicide prevention, and overcoming other life controlling issues, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, tnproject.org. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to us by calling 985-205-3022.